Hello, and welcome to another episode of Powerful Conversations. I am your host, Noed, and in today's episode, let's talk about owning up to our messes. Stay tuned. Alrighty, well, before I get started in today's word, I want to say thank you very much for tuning in and for doing all things related to podcasts such as pressing play, downloading, sharing, providing feedback, leaving a review. And those of you who have reached out via the email address, which is powerfulconvo, C-O-N-V-O at gmail.com. So just a reminder, if you've never heard this before, this is an email that's specifically for the podcast. So if you have questions about any of the episodes or you want to share your story, or if you find or come across a conversation within the word that you want to have, you know, to bring to the podcast, like to have a discuss here on this platform, or you simply just want to share it with me, hey, that's the place to do it. That is the place to communicate with me. All right. And also for this week's episode, I'm like, okay, when I first started this podcast, first of all, it was a bit of a mess. Not that I have it put together here now, but if you've been with me from the beginning, (laughs) thank you so very much. As you know, in episode one, the introduction episode, I talked about this tug in my heart and how I felt that it was time to do something and start sharing the word of God via this platform. Although I knew absolutely nothing about podcasts, I'm no expert or anything like that. I just simply in obedience hop on these wavelengths and just start sharing the word of God. Um, and I know a little bit more now and I'm working on adding better quality, better sound. So if you've been with me from the beginning, thank you very much for bearing with me as I work on these things. In addition to that, when I first started the podcast, one of the things that I wanted to do was to go over conversations that were discussed in the Bible that are rarely ever discussed in church. Because we're so used to going over stories like, let's talk about Noah's Ark. Let's talk about David and Goliath. And those are amazing stories. Those are amazing, powerful testimonies. However, I wanted to dig deeper. I'm like, I want to start to discover within the word of God stories that we have rarely discussed. However... I (laughs) had to revisit a story this week that I'm like, I'm still shooketh. And honestly, I think I'm just going to split it into four mini episodes just because there's so much to go over. And that is the story of Jonah. That's right. The guy who got swallowed up by a big old fish. Now, this story is very famous amongst um, children's church. Children's ministry is what we teach the kids. If you have a Christian kids book, I almost guarantee you there is going to be a depiction of the story of Jonah because he's most infamously known as known as the guy who got swallowed up by a fish. That's like the big Jonah thing. So without me realizing it, I've always glossed over his story, having really gone back to the book of Jonah and read further into his story. 
or dissected it or anything like that because it's like, well, we already know his story. He got swallowed up by fish and then got spit out. But this week, God had taken me into this book. And it's one of those things where I'm like, hmm, yes, the story came to mind. I should probably dive deep into the word there and read about it. And it started popping up everywhere. And mind you, this was just a thought. I hadn't said this out loud. And it popped up in a meme or it would pop up in a video online. And it's like, I get it, God. You want me to go over the story and get into it and start reading it. And as I'm reading, I'm like, I have got to share some of this stuff um, with the listeners. Because remember, every single time that I'm bringing a word into this platform, God's already worked with me and in me. And I'm already digesting that word. It's already applicable to me. I'm already like, wow, I'm already meditating in that word. So without further ado, we're going to dive deep into it. Um, But like I said, there's so much. uh, It's not a big book. It's only four chapters. Chapter two is very short. But because each chapter packs a punch, I'm just going to leave it at chapter one. With that said, if you are new here and Those who are not new here, thank you for bearing with me every single episode as I provide this disclaimer. But listen, this is your first time here and you decide to follow along with me as I read it through the Bible. You may notice, depending on what kind of version of the Bible you have, the mind's a little different. See, what happened is I grew up Hispanic and Pentecostal. I grew up in a Latino household Pretty much anything that is in relation to the word of God and anything in relation to Christianity, the Bible, the word, I learned in Spanish. So as in the year 2022, I have challenged myself to read the word of God in English. However, versions such as the King James Version or New King James Version, they're still very challenging for me to read and to understand. So I have started with the New Living Translation, which is an easier version for me to read. I hope and I pray to God that as I continue to learn about his word in English and practice and dive deeper into his word, that I can get to the point where I'm reading King James or New King James and understand those versions. So if you see a slight difference between what I'm reading versus perhaps what you have, this is the reason why. Okay. But without further ado, let's dive into this word. So chapter one, verse one says, the Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai, get up and go to the city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I see how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went into the opposite direction to get away from God. And as soon as I read that, I had to stop. And I immediately asked Allah, like, well, what do you mean you're running away from God? Like, how is that even possible? Where could you possibly even hide from God? Like, you just can't. Even David in Psalms 139 verses 7 through 12, he says that 
I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. So David, in my opinion, explains it best. Like, first of all, why is Jonah running away from God? And what made him think that getting into a boat and traveling in the opposite direction that God just sent him to, that like as if that was going to accomplish anything. But nonetheless, as we continue reading in verse three, it says that he went down to the port of Joppa, where he found the ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. And again, this verse, I mean, it mentions it twice. His intent, essentially on purpose, attempting to run away from God, attempting to scathe and avoid the command, avoid the assignment that God has given us. And yes, this does happen still in, in modern times. How many times God has sent us to do stuff, whether it's to, hey, leave the job that you have and you need to go to this place. Or, hey, you need to go and give a word to this person. You need to go and do X, Y, and Z, whatever it is. I know you know what it is. But please note that it does not matter where you go. The assignment is the assignment. So you need to get it done. There's no escaping. Period. You can't hide from our creator. There's no place that you can go that you can hide from him. And this has been proven. Even Adam and Eve did that. They were trying to hide from God. Like, no. I mean, he was asking, where are you? But God knew exactly where they were. And it's the same thing. I know you're hiding, but God knows where you're at. So it's best to just listen to what God is saying and go where he's trying to lead you. God will never. And that's the thing that us humans, we tend to have a a struggle of letting go and relinquishing control. But God will never. Please understand, he will never. Have something in his will that is to harm you, that is to cause negative things in your life. And will challenging things and trials and tribulations come up? Absolutely. That is just part of it. Like, that's part of the process. However, the plans that God has for you, they are to bless you. They are to expand you. It's just... Sometimes it can be challenging to get there. So please know that if you've been assigned and commanded to something, it is for good. If it comes from God, it is 
for good. Okay. But continue on to verse four, it says, but the Lord hurled, which is a powerful word, but word, by the way, he hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. So the captain went down after him. How can you stay asleep at a time like this? He shouted, get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. Which, I mean, does this sound like a familiar story or what? To me, this is very similar to when Jesus was in the boat with the disciples and a great storm was threatening to pretty much just break this ship apart and Jesus was napping he was sleeping and it's just like I can't you can't help it but see the astounding similarities between these two stories by hey Jesus was napping and um yeah we'll give him a pass on that because it's Jesus right in this case I feel like with Jonah it's like <laughs> yo your crewmates, your fellow crewmates, although I understand he bought a ticket, presumably as a passenger, he was not part of the crew, okay? But the reality of it is, is that he was called to pray. Jonah was asleep in the middle of a storm when he needed to be up praying. And how many of us are in the middle of situations, in the middle of, it don't even have to be a crazy storm, but we're just in the middle of a turning point in our lives, a turning point in our careers, a turning point in X, Y, and Z, whatever it is that you can recognize a turning point, that there are things happening in even in the atmosphere because stuff, things are happening all around us that we don't see. And instead of praying, talking to our God and having a conversation and building intimacy with God, we are just asleep in the middle of a storm. We, we don't re realize it that, yo, if we don't talk to God, we are, we're going to perish. Like this is serious. So we got to get back to prayer. We have got to get back to a connection with God especially in the middle of chaos. Now, mind you, the chaos around Jonah and around these people really was Jonah's fault because he disobeyed God. He's over here thinking, yes, I can run away from him. I can hide away from him. But now we're, as we're about to read, other people are paying the consequence. Okay. But it is sad that other people had to tell Jonah, Yo, you need to be praying. He didn't recognize that for himself. But verse seven says that then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused the terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Why has this awful storm come down to us? They demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? Listen, 
these folks, I started asking the questions that I, I definitely would have been asking because this is just how I get like, I need to know the who, what, when, where, why, how we're going to go in full investigation mode. And we're going to get to the bottom of (laughs) what is causing this calamity. We're going to figure this out. Start talking now. And I love it that they are just, they're just really ready to grill this man because they just knew like, (laughs) dude, this is your fault. Spill the beans, get to it. But in verse nine, Jonah says, is Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified when they heard this, for he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Oh, why did you do it? They groaned. Good question, Jonah. Why are you running from the Lord? And listen, if you want to know why Jonah was running, there's two things you could do. And hey, we're going to go back to this. Spoiler alert. The answer is in a few chapters on down the pages. um, I think maybe like two chapters down. And there is going to be a response and it is going to be like, what? This is why you were running away from God. What is wrong with you? But hey, you can also wait to at least two more episodes to get the response. But they're like, why are you running away from God? But he admitted, this is happening because I'm running away from God. As we can see, it says, He said, um, okay, and since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to you to stop the storm? Throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. Listen, he just gave up. When he could still take the time to talk to God, he's just like, throw me into the sea. Like he was dare I say, ready to die. I mean, what else could have happened if they would have thrown him into the sea? If it's, I mean, the the word just said that the Lord hurled a powerful wind. It was to the point where these people thought they were going to perish. So what do you think would have happened to Jonah had he been thrown into the sea? He could have died. Now, mind you, we already know the spoiler alert and we already know God had already arranged some things to happen and a fish is going to swallow him and all the things. But Jonah doesn't know that. He does not have an idea that that is what is about to happen. I think he knew. Listen, I'd rather die. (laughs) Whatever it was, the assignment, which as we read in verse one is go to this town and Speak my judgment against it because I seen how wicked these people are. He was so scared and he was just like, "Uh uh-uh. Well, let me me not say scared. We'll talk about this down the line in another episode. But um, he really didn't want to do this assignment. He's like, I just throw me into the sea. This will stop. But what's beautiful to see here, and as we can read in verse 13, instead the sailors rode even harder to get the ship to land. Like this man just told you he is running away from God. 
right? The God, the God who made the sea and the land. And because of his disobedience and him trying to run away from God, all this calamity is happening. Jonah is telling you, throw me into the sea, but you're still willing to continue fighting to get everybody to the land. To get, to not have to throw this man overboard. I think most people would have just choked him at that point. Like, you know what? You you are correct. Let's go. We're, we're throwing you into the ocean. But that's not what they did. So it just shows a level of compassion, a level of humanity from um, the part of these folks. And listen, but the Stormy Sea, as it says, it was too violent for them and they couldn't make it. Then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God. Oh, Lord, they pleaded. Don't make us die for this man's sin and don't hold us responsible for his death. Oh, Lord, you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. So these men who don't know God just start. They start doing what Jonah should have been doing, because at this point, Jonah is still not talking to God. He really is. And he's explaining to these men who God is. He's explaining that he's running away from him, but he's not talking to God. Yet these men that clearly have no relationship with God turn to him, right? After realizing that with their own strength, they just couldn't make it. And in the middle of that storm, as they are ready, they're about to perish. They're like, listen, God, hello, we, we, we need to talk to you. Essentially praying for mercy, essentially asking God, like, listen, look down upon us. Please don't kill us because of this guy's mistake. They're praying to God. And then it says, then the sailors picked up Jonah and threw him into the raging sea. And the storm stopped at once. And listen to this. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. What a testimony. What a testimony. I mean, for them to have seen, first of all, essentially be introduced to God via the power of his rage against Jonah. And still have such, you know, like reverence towards him and acknowledging and saying, listen, you have sent this storm upon this man for your own good reasons. Like, got you. Like, they understood. They understood. I understand you're upset, Lord. But then they're praying to him and asking him for mercy. And they were just in awe of all his power of just, they were just in awe. And for them to just vow this God that could in that moment have been perceived as cruel, as, hey, you almost, because they could have just been like, hey, you almost killed us because of this guy. Uh, I'm not serving you, but no, that's not, that's not the attitude and the posture that they took. Instead, it was one of, I'm going to serve you. You, yes, 
Yeah, I'm going to serve you. And they made that decision and they made a sacrifice to him. And then, as we already know, just to conclude chapter 17, now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah. I love just how it says he had arranged, almost like a reservation. Like this was all, this was all part of the plan. And Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. And this is part of the story that we already knew. But to, you know, just to kind of, now that we read the chapter, I want to talk to you people because a lot of the times there are things in our lives that we know we're not supposed to be doing, yet we're doing, or things that we're supposed to be doing and we're not doing. And a lot of times we just kind of like try to ignore that voice, that nudge, that whisper that tells us, get it together. You know exactly, whatever it is, you know exactly what it is. Because the Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts. You know, we're constantly being convicted It is just a matter of obedience. It's a matter of obedience. And you may think like, okay, I can deal with the consequences of my disobedience. And you're perhaps assessing the risk of what it would take, you know, like, okay, well, if I don't do this, this could happen. Like, I'm okay. But let me tell you, your decision to disobey doesn't just affect you. And I hope you realize that whether you are married, not married, have kids, not have kids, it affects a ton of people. It can affect your extended family members. It can affect your friends. It can affect coworkers. Because when God wants to hurl a storm towards you, Especially because of disobedience, as you can tell here, it's going to affect people, innocent people that had nothing to do with the mess you are creating because you're being disobedient. So in today's word, I want to encourage you to start listening to that voice, to that nudge and start completing the assignment. You know what it is. And if you don't know what it is, but you know, like, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing something. Well, guess what? It is time to talk to God. And we got to be praying, period. Because as we saw here, Jonah, I mean, I think Jonah could have easily, I think had he taken a moment to talk to God and repent and say, Lord, you know what? I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm going to catch the next one and go back to Nineveh. Perhaps God could have forgiven him and turned it all around, but he's here in the middle of the storm caused by his disobedience. It's affecting other people and he's just sleeping versus talking to God. He was proactively giving God the silent treatment. And if there's one thing we can't give our creators a silent treatment, he will be heard. So I encourage you to pray. Talk to God. It doesn't even have to be anything super formal. If you're upset about something, say so. Talk to him like he just wants you to talk to him. Stop giving him the silent treatment. Please realize that your lack of prayer and your disobedience 
does have an effect on other people is this is not just about you. Jonah, he was ready to die. At least that's my theory. Listen, don't give up. Whatever it is, do not give up. Push forward. If Again, if the assignment is bothering you, whatever it is that it's bothering you and is straining the relationship between you and God, talk to God about it. Don't perish in the boat. Don't do it. Stay connected and be obedient. But I'll leave it at that. Next time, we're going to talk about chapter two. So I'm pretty excited to go over that. Just there's some correlations that I came across as well. That next next episode might be a little bit shorter, but I just, I love the word of God. And I love that no matter how much we think we know it all in terms of like, oh yeah, I, I know Jonas's story. Well, we don't. At least I didn't. I clearly did not. Like I knew he had an assignment, but I didn't know. No, like we knew about the storm. He had an assignment, he disobeyed. But that term of, yeah, I, I'm running away from God and be so nonchalant about it. I did not know that. Although I have to tell you the powerful conversation that he had with these people, it's him owning up to his messes. Him recognizing that the storm was because of him because he, he said it, this is because of me. And I think that's a huge step. It's only up to our messes. Um, so yeah, if you need to work on that too, let's let's get with it. But I love, like I said, the word of God and how it, it's a living word. We can read it and reread it. And there's there's a new fresh portion of it every single time. So I encourage you to read it. And hey, until next time, okay? But remember that, We can build or destroy worlds one conversation at a time. So guess what? Let's make them count. Take care.